Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. There we go. A little bit of the St. Louis Blues, Louis Armstrong, uh, getting us started here on the final hour of the overnight crowd. And, and there is a little bit of a theme behind that uh, particular song because uh, the St. Louis Blues had a win in the NHL and broke a little bit of a losing streak. But uh, our US sports correspondent, Mr. Chris Perkins, joins us on the line. I thought I'd start our, our final hour here on the overnight crowd, Chris, with a little bit of a musical touch for us. Well, I appreciate it. And man, we, we had been seeing the blues <laughs> the, the last, the last couple, three weeks. So some smart Ellie, who, I, I shouldn't say that she's actually, she's actually a pretty good follow on Twitter. Uh, but she's a major St. Louis blues fan uh, posted the a graphic blues win after they beat San Jose last night, five, three, uh, and, and captioned it with a line from Titanic. It's been 84 years. <laughs> it, felt like, that, it felt that way, didn't that, it? That, it did feel that way. Now, I, I'm holding out hope. Now, now maybe this is going to be a case of we're just going to be a bad hockey team up until January 1st, and we're going re- to rerun <laughs> – 2018-19 all over again. <laughs> I like it. That I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to hold out some hope. Let's mani- let's manifest the win. Let's manifest the Stanley Cup from from last to first. I like it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we we we've done it before. We can do it again. I like it. I like it. Uh, just before we get stuck into some NFL action, Chris, there's a a texter on the line here, Neil from Frankston. We're in a bit of well, obviously the cricket theme is is sort of taking over the SEN airwaves over the last couple of weeks with the T20 World Cup. But uh, Neil from Frankston, he said, "Can you please ask Chris? Do the Americans know that the World Cup of cricket is being held in their country? And what do you think of cricket? Thanks. Now you're a big T20 fan." But uh, the the men's T Twenty World Cup is going to be in the USA in twenty twenty four. I I know. We're, well, we're sharing it with the West Indies. Correct. So, uh, we don't we don't have that many cricket grounds. I I know of I know of a couple of them. Uh, one that is actually uh, that's I that's actually ICC event eligible. Okay. And, and that's down at that's down in Broward County, Florida, South Florida. So, you know, right next door to basically the West Indies. So <laughs> real convenient to throw a throw a handful of games into into Broward County. Um I honestly I don't know. I knew it was coming. I, I knew we were gonna get some games, but that's because I am sort of around cricket. I mean there there is there is a bit of cricket following here in this country. It's definitely not massive by any stretch. But I think if we get some exposure to T20 cricket, which is what the World Cup's going to do for us, I think it can become a little bit more popular. I, I, I am looking forward to it. I'm certainly going to try to 
get tickets for the for the game for a game or two that are in in Broward County, um, and because I do want to see a game up close. I I love the T20 format of cricket, and I think if more people are exposed to it, they'll they'll be like, ooh, this is really cool, because it's. It, there, there's a saying here. There was a saying here back in the '90s, back during the the big home run chases yes. uh, of McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds into the early 2000s. There was a phrase over here we like to say, "Chicks dig the long ball." Well, what is T20 cricket? It's a whole lot of guys swinging for the fences. Correct. It seems like, <laughs> and, and there's exactly. there's, a, there's a lot of action. It, it's a fun sport to watch, and I think if we get exposed to it as Americans. We'll be like, ooh, I want to see more of this. Yeah, okay. Love it. Love it. So there we go. Neil from Frankston. There's, uh, there is the answer from Chris over in the US. Hopefully uh, hopefully that uh, suffices your needs. Uh, let's get stuck into some NFL, shall we? Uh, we had a game between the Panthers and the Falcons uh, yesterday, our time here uh, in Melbourne. It was the Panthers 25, the Falcons 15. But, I mean, I don't think the <laughs> – was the game itself the story, or or was it was it uh, was it the climate, the weather that 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 got so- served in this game? Well, uh, there needed to be some sort of storyline because you had two teams <laughs> with losing records uh, from the NFC South division, and the the division is just living down to everybody's expectations because with, with Carolina winning, it just tightened everything up because. Uh, Atlanta had been in first place at four and five. They're down four and six. Uh, Carolina improved to three and seven. So you've got every, you got every team within like a game and a half of each other. Perversely, this could be the most watchable division race uh, coming down the down the stretch in the NFL because every team is so close. Now, uh, you know, like I said yesterday, uh, it's it may be a case of you can't take your eyes off it mm. like you can't take your eyes off a bad car wreck you see on the highway. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> it, it would seem that way at the moment. So <laughs> what's going on and what's happening with this hurricane, Nicole, over in Florida? Is it is it seeming to, I think from what I'm reading here, it's, it's seeming that it's like it's, it's calming down? It seems to be calming down? Oh, yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it's come on land. It, you know, honestly, I didn't, you know, like the last, unlike the last hurricane, I think it was Ian, uh, that came on shore in southwest Florida. Yeah, everybody knew about it. I didn't see hardly anything about it in, in news media uh, because I, you know, it was a, it was a smallish hurricane and and it was weakening. Uh, I guess it, it it wasn't the it wasn't the strongest hurricane to begin with. Mm-hmm. And you know, quite honestly, in Florida, well, they get hurricanes. They and, do. Yeah, uh, even a you know a category a category one hurricane, uh, not going to bother too many people. Okay, it's a whole lot of wind and a whole lot of rain. Yep. Okay, but you know it's not not the worst thing in the world to happen. They basically you know this this storm comes on shore, starts dumping all its rain. It, it keeps expanding. They're spreading north, winds up in Charlotte, and we wind up with a <laughs> a, a game played at times in a deluge of rain. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think, as you said, I think uh, people down south there in Florida are quite used to used to that uh, during the hurricane season. But uh, okay, let, let's get on to some of these. Uh, well, sh- shall we focus on this this game that was just played, or, or should we move on from the Panthers and Falcons? I, I've got a feeling that we should just move on because I've got I've got an intriguing question I have to ask you. 
Well, just real quick, I, it's a really, it was a very impressive performance by Carolina. Okay. Uh, may have saved their season because they're they're now right in the hunt for the for division title in a playoff spot. They're a game and a half back at Tampa, so they they're definitely a contender for for a playoff spot. As crazy as that sounds, uh, considering they traded away, well, I mean, they exiled one one star player and, and traded away another one and sacked their uh, coach and now. And sack their coach, and they're now winning games. So they're they're right in the hunt, ironically. So uh, I, it it was a good performance by them. Maybe a little bit surprising. Atlanta did not look good at all. Uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, he got bailed out because of because of uh, the rule that once you're touched and then you go to ground, the play is over. Uh, it was late in the game. He throw. He he's trying to scramble out. Gets ankle tapped. Goes down, and right after his rear end hits the ground, he kind of just throws the ball back over his head blindly, and it was intercepted. Thankfully, his rear end had already touched the ground, so the play was over. <laughs> so he got bailed out. But uh, Deont- uh, Deontay Foreman last night. Uh, how about this? 31 carries, 130 yards on the ground for him last night. It, it was a, a very impressive uh, running performance. I think the Panthers were, as a team, they, yeah, they had 232 yards on the ground yeah, they did. last yeah. night. Yeah. So it, it was pound the rock time yeah, absolutely. For, for the Panthers. Maybe, maybe that's what they have to do for the rest of the season now. Maybe that's the competitive edge they have uh, coming into the rest of the NFL season. Uh, So the Carolina Panthers now move to three and seven and the Atlanta Falcons uh, digress to four and six. Uh, Now, Chris, I have a very intriguing query for you because off air, I asked you about this game and I've read this script and seen this script a hundred times before Green Bay versus Dallas. Dallas (laughs) is expected to win. Green Bay is struggling. Dallas has all the momentum. Well, we think they have all the momentum. What happens in this game? Because I'm, I'm a little bit fearful because I know when Aaron Rodgers turns it on, he's going to be mighty. He's always mighty hard to beat. And we know what Green Bay uh, have done to Dallas in the past with regards to these important games. But uh, how are you seeing this match play out? Okay. You're you're worried about this. I am. I am. I've seen this script too many times you, before, Chris. I, I'm. I've been burnt too many times. Okay. Um, now, in in all fairness, uh, look at uh, grab a calendar. Okay. And I want you to tell me what month it is. The month is November. Okay. That means it's not January. Yes. Because most of your problems against the Packers seem to happen in the month of January. That's true. I'll give you for that. For some strange reason. Okay. I, it's like, Dr., you know, for the Cowboys, and it's not just against the Packers. It's against every team the last 30 years. It, it seems like the Cowboys need Dr. Heimlich on standby in January. <laughs> it seems that way, so, doesn't it? It is November. The the Cowboys are a really good team. We we've seen this already. You know, even without Dak Prescott, they won ball games. Now that Dak's back and he's completely healthy, this Cowboy team looks fantastic. Six and two. Uh they're second in the division. They're they're gonna make the playoffs barring a complete and total collapse. Uh they they they're 
comfortably in a playoff spot right now, uh, could have an outside shot at winning division title if Philadelphia starts slipping up a little bit. Okay? Look at the other side. The Green Bay Packers are hot garbage. (laughs) Their quarterback is old. He has nobody to throw the ball to, and they don't have a running game. And they're having a difficult time playing defense. Okay? I hope you're you're right. You're 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 right. I hope you're right. You are are, – I I know I need to talk you off the ledge here. (laughs) Cowboys – the Cowboys, I'm, I'm assuming, are favored pretty comfortably in this game. Well, I the line. yeah, look, it's it's four-and-a-half-point favorites in favor of Dallas. And when I looked at the markets, when I looked at the odds, I, I, I just scratched my head and I thought, you, you've got to respect that because Green Bay, when I saw it, w- were a lot shorter than what I expected them to be. But I, I think you have to respect that. Look, granted, on the form that Dallas has shown this season – uh, you know, winning is a habit, obviously. It should get the job done. But I didn't mind what I saw from the Packers against the Bills. And I think that's one of, if not the best form line in the league at the moment. But, look, you would think, just with Dallas's defense as well, sort of probably wanting to tidy up after that. You know, I know they, they beat the Bears by 49 points, uh, by, by 20 points, 49 to 29. But I think maybe if the defense can really tighten up, you know, on, on a team that you said, obviously, Aaron Rodgers got no one to pass to and the running game isn't up and about for, for Green Bay. Uh, you, you would think Dallas get, mm-hmm. gets the job done. You would think. Yes. I, I, I would be confident in laying those four and a half points with, with Dallas because I haven't liked much I've seen from Green Bay all year, okay? Even their wins haven't been all that great. And they've got some, they've got some bad losses in there. They lost to Detroit. Okay. And the commanders. You lose to Detroit. And, and they lost to the Commons. Yeah, the, this is not a good football team they have in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers has got – now, uh, okay, maybe he's not regretting be, because of the amount of money he's getting, but he's like, eh, I, I'd like to be winning some more for, you know, even, even with this amount of money that I'm making, this $50 million a year I'm making, uh, because, you know, he, he's got that – He's got his own legacy issues to worry about, you know, like the fact he's only won one Super Bowl and has had so many opportunities, so many uh, near misses getting mm. the conference championship games. Uh, you know, he, he's got a legacy, and he's staring his career mortality in the face um, him, himself. So uh, I, I wouldn't worry about this. I know Cowboys fans, and, and it is at Lambeau. But how often are the Green Bay Packers an underdog to anybody at Lambeau? It's a fair point. It's a fair point. And, and remember, the bookies, the, the, the bookies the, those sports books and those casinos aren't built because lots of people are winning against the house. <laughs> exactly the right. kind of know what they're doing. Exactly. Exactly right. Okay, you, you've put me at ease a little bit there, but until, okay. <laughs> until, until, until kickoff occurs, until it starts, then, you know, I, I think the butterflies will, will kick up again then. But uh, look, uh, fingers crossed for my sake that Dallas can get it done. But uh, we, I, I wait, uh, I wait with bated breath. Uh, Chris, uh, what other games uh, should we keep a keen eye on from an NFL perspective this week? Just looking at the fixture, Buffalo uh, playing Minnesota, Buffalo Bills looking to, looking to sew up another win. 
well, you're you're cutting out, so I didn't catch a lot of what you just said. I'm on a kind of a back road right now. That's so right. No, no, all good. I'll 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 go I'll go for that again. Uh, the games that are coming up, the rest of the games that are coming up this weekend in the NFL. Uh, the one that sort of caught my eye was Buffalo and Minnesota. Yeah, that that's that's a blockbuster game. That, that's probably the best game on the schedule. Uh, Minnesota and Buffalo, and it's a little surprising. This is a one. This is going to be a one p.m. Eastern kick up in Buffalo. This is an early window game. This is this is a game I would have expected to to get flexed to like a four twenty-five or even a even a Sunday night game uh, because you know you got Buffalo at six and two. They're uh, considered a Super Bowl favorite in the AFC. And you got the Vikings, surprisingly, at seven seven and one, uh, second place in the NFC. So th- this is what I would have expected to see this in more of a prime time spot uh, instead of the early window at one p.m. Eastern. Maybe it's a little, just a little bit more disrespect for the Vikings because the, the the way the disrespect is building up for the seven and one Vikings. I they they got to be wearing that like a chip on their shoulder, <laughs> saying, "Okay, just keep disrespecting us. We're just going to keep on winning all the way to freaking Glendale. You want to keep this crap up? <laughs> um, Love it. Love it. I, the Vikings are a good football team. So is Buffalo. I'm looking forward to this. I, I'm really looking forward to this game because uh, you know uh, Minnesota. They've got they've got their good quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He's not. Setting the world, he doesn't set the world on fire, but he gets the job done. Got some great receivers. Got Dalvin Cook as a running back. Uh, they're a team with very few weaknesses. Uh, going against an explosive offense and a really good defense in Buffalo. So, fun game to watch on Sunday. Yep, it is going to be a cracking game to watch. Uh, Chris, we'll take a little break here. We're just getting a little bit of that feedback and delay that's that's kicking through. But uh, those that's uh, the NFL preview that we're going through here on the uh, overnight crowd. Uh, we'll take a quick little break here on SEN at your home of sport. Chris will join us after the after the break to cap off the NFL preview and then get stuck into some NHL and into some college ball as well. But you are listening to the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. We'll be back right after this. Yes, it is the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here in the studio with you doing it uh, for the next half an hour or so. And uh, joining us on the line, uh, sticking about to talk all things US sports. He's our US sport expert. It's Chris Perkins. And uh, just before we went to the ad break, we were about to chat about this big game between uh, the Buffalo Bills and uh, Minnesota. We got sort of halfway through a preview, uh, Chris, but uh, let, let's let's cap off this game between the, the Bills uh, and the Vikings. Uh, who, who do you think wins this one? By how much and why? Uh, I like Buffalo. I, the game's at home. The game is in Buffalo, so it's outdoors in the elements. It, it's November in Buffalo. It's probably going to be cold. 
Mm-hmm. So, and, and Minnesota plays their games indoors. I, I know Minnesota's a cold-weather city, or Minneapolis is a cold-weather city, but they play indoors, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I like Buffalo. The home crowd in Buffalo is going to be a massive factor. I think it's close. I, I don't think the Bills blow them out. Um, now, I, I preface that by saying that's assuming Josh Allen plays. Okay. Okay. What's going on there? Because remember that uh, Josh Allen, uh, he, there's been a lot of talk about his elbow okay. the last few days. Yes. Um, his, his right elbow, he suffered an injury uh, toward the end of the game on uh, last week. Um, and there's there's questions about whether he's going to play. He's listed as day-to-day, or he, he's been reported as day-to-day by, by the coaching staff. Uh if this is a an injury, and this is a, uh, the 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 words being thrown around are three words you never want to hear talked about being in, you know in, involved in the injury for anybody whose job is to throw things. That is ulnar collateral ligament. Oh, that okay. that is a that's a ligament you usually hear uh, for baseball pitchers, and when you hear about that being injured or torn. Uh, the instant thought is Tommy John surgery, and that is a year-long recovery. Wow. Okay. That, that is done Ooh. for the year into into the following year, potentially, if they have to do a ligament replacement. That's what a Tommy John surgery is. Uh, gets that, that UCL replaced. Um, if they have to do that, that's obviously the worst-case scenario, but that would be very bad news for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if he's going to play, and if he does play, how effective he's going to be. So that's just going to add to, add a little bit more to the intrigue uh, of this Buffalo-Minnesota game. The last w- report I saw that he's still day-to-day, that he's uncertain for Sunday. Okay, very interesting. All right, well, we'll wait and see exactly what happens with the, with the Bills squad. But uh, you said you had a little bit of a shout-out to give to, to someone. Yeah, quick shout out. Uh, he's uh, this guy's normally not awake at this hour. He uh, Dan Pettigrew. He, uh, folks in Sydney, you hear him uh, on tradies uh, five o'clock. Yep. Uh, during the five a.m. during the week, I'm on there a couple of times a week with him. Uh, normally not awake at this hour, but he's headed to the airport uh, for the forever flight to London. Oh wow! Okay. So wanted to give a shout out to him. He's. Uh, He's uh, tuning in, checking us out right now. So I wanted to give a shout-out to him. Safe flight, Dan. Enjoy Old Trafford. Uh, I, I am a bit jealous, even though I was just in London about four months ago. There we go. Shout-out to, to Dan Pettigrew on the uh, on the SCN Airways. Fantastic stuff, mate. All right. Uh, any other NFL games we should uh, we should be keeping an eye on, or shall we uh, shall we get a wriggle on? Well, I'll tell you what. This, this is one I'm kind of looking forward to, and it's the first game on the docket on Sunday. Uh, it, it's uh, Tampa Bay playing okay. Seattle. Now, like Seattle's it. been a yep. surprise package. Tampa, they're four and five, yet still in first place in the NFC South. Uh, but the reason I'm looking forward to this game is because of the location. First ever NFL regular season game being played in Germany. They're playing at uh, Bayern oh. Munich's home ground. There you go. Uh, Allianz Arena. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this looks, how, how Allianz Arena looks. Uh, for, for an NFL game, looking to see what kind of crowd they get in Germany. Um, I, it's a 75,000-seat stadium. Uh, I, I would expect to see a 70-plus thousand in there. 
maybe you know seventy five, seventy six thousand. Shove shove as many people in there as you can <laughs> uh, for this game. I, I I hope to see a good crowd, and hopefully we'll see a good game as well. Uh, give give the uh, fans in Munich a good game. But I would kind of like to go to it. I've been to Germany in almost thirty years and. Would love an opportunity to go to Munich. There we go. Uh, so that is the 2022 NFL Munich game, as dubbed uh, by the NFL. It's uh, it's the first game coming to us uh, in the schedule, sort of this weekend, Monday morning here, Melbourne time at at 1:30 a.m. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Seattle. Uh, looking forward to that one. That's going to be over over in Munich. Uh, but shall we shall we get on to some uh, some college sports, Chris? Yeah, let's hit, let's hit college ball because you know we're we're getting late in the season. Yeah. Uh, we're we're only a couple of weeks away from the from the end of the regular season. We'll have the rivalry games uh, over Thanksgiving weekend, which uh, Thanksgiving is November twenty fourth, so uh, thirteen days from now. That that entire weekend, we get we get pretty much the big rivalry games. Uh, We'll we'll have the Iron Bowl between Auburn and Alabama. We'll have the Ohio State Michigan game. We'll we'll have uh, USC UCLA. We'll have the Civil War up in Oregon between Oregon and Oregon State. The Apple Cup, Washington and Washington State. All, all these natural in-state or border rivalries in, in college football. So I you know, last week we had a couple of blockbusters. We had. Alabama LSU, we kind of get a little bit of a breather this weekend uh, with with our with our college football schedule. I mean, the, the top teams they, they still have challenging games or or potentially trap games in, in some instances. Uh, like like number five Tennessee, who still has a shot at um, making the college football playoff, uh, they host Missouri. And there were three touchdown favor over Missouri, but Tennessee needs to watch out because Missouri played Georgia tough a few weeks ago and nearly beat number one Georgia, which would have completely and totally upset the apple cart even more than it already has been. But you know that that's you know one of the one of the games on the docket. Um, kind of looking through here, uh, Georgia they play Mississippi State. Mississippi State's pretty good as well. They're six and three. Uh, definitely a game Georgia needs to at least be wary of. But yeah. but probably the big one, uh, and this one's strange. This is prime time Saturday night. You got number four TCU. You want to talk about getting to play the no respect card? I uh, and the, call just call TCU Rodney Dangerfield. I, I get no respect around here. No respect around here. They're heading to Austin. To play number number eighteen Texas, okay. So yeah, it's a road game for TCU. Texas is six and three. They've had some good wins. They've had some head scratching losses. But Texas is a seven and a half point favorite over the number four team in the country. So does that does do you have to respect that as you know when when you're looking at that as an analyst that. I mean, yeah, obviously the rankings, and I think we spoke spoke about how the rankings can sometimes be a little bit misleading. Do you think that? I mean, the bookies think that that's the case in this game. How, how are you analysing that game? Is is it is it too far in favour one side from a favourites perspective, or is it too far in favour one side of of the ranking? I I don't get why TCU is a seven and a half point dog. 
I, I don't care. I, I know the game's in Austin, and Texas is better than they have been. But come on, TCU's nine and zero. They're perfect in the Big Twelve. I, I don't. I don't see anything on on the injury report that w- would cause this. I I don't get why Texas, uh, unless there's just massive money that's been coming in for whatever reason, on Texas. Uh, for for TCU to be a seven and a half point favorite, me personally, you want to give me seven and a half with the number four team in the country? Uh, yeah, take my money. I'll, I'll I'll put my money up. Okay, I'll be more than happy to. In fact, when I get into Iowa here in a couple of hours, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Put my money on TCU plus seven and a half, and I may put them on the money line as well. Okay, I, I like think it. TCU wins this game outright. I nice. think TCU is the better team uh, against Texas. Okay, there we go. So there, there's your little sort of out. Well, I mean, from a market perspective and odds perspective, TCU, the outsiders. But uh, you're you're very confident that they'll be able to get the job done over over the over the Longhorns. It's it, it's really intriguing. I think when you look at these college sports rankings, how the market sort of can be completely against a team way higher up. In the rankings, I mean, do, do you think that that's like you've got history that's based off form in prior games as well? It would just seem, and from what I look, from what I'm looking at there, it would seem too big of a gap. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, part of it has got to be the name brand. Okay, Texas, okay. the Texas Longhorns, that is a name brand. TCU decidedly is not. They're kind of a new kid on the block. Now, TCU has been good to great for most of the last 10, 15 years, okay? They, the, the first iteration of the college football playoff, they were in it until the last week of the season. They were in the top four until the last week of the season, and, and then results kind of conspired against them to, to knock them out. But, yeah, TCU does not have the name brand that Texas is. And, yes, when Texas is ranked, they get a lot of respect from from pundits, from 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 betters, from bookies. Uh, but to make them a seven and a half point favorite against the number undefeated number four team in the country, yeah, TCU needs to. That is bulleted board material for TCU. Big time. Like it, like it. We love strong opinions here on the overnight crowd and. Uh... Uh, you're never short of them, Chris. It's uh, it's great to hear. It's great to hear. We love it. We absolutely love it. All right. Uh, any other games that you're looking out for from a college football perspective this weekend? Uh, let me let me expand the schedule out a little bit. Uh, another one. Uh, this is another ranked versus ranked. Uh, and Alabama is kind of in a, a unique position. They're not the hunter, or they're not the hunted right now. They're they're number nine in the country. They're number nine in the, the playoff rankings. Mm-hmm. They've got two losses. They go to number eleven Mississippi. Okay, they're playing Ole Miss on on Saturday afternoon. It's in that prime slot on CP, on CBS three thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi still has a chance to make the SEC championship game. But if they lose to Alabama, they're toast. Okay. okay? And, and so would their, their fate playoff hopes uh, would be completely and utterly in the dust. 
if Mississippi loses this game to Alabama. Now, now if Alabama loses, we're getting into kind of uncharted waters under Nick Saban. An Alabama with three losses, I can't remember the last time that happened, that Alabama lost three games in the same season. But that, that's what's kind of riding on that game uh, Saturday afternoon down in Oxford, Mississippi. So that, that'll that be one to bear watching. And, you know, for Ole Miss, if they beat Alabama, LSU loses. I think they're playing – they're playing Arkansas on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that could potentially get Ole Miss back into, or could uh, get Ole Miss into a position where they can get back, get into the SEC championship game, and maybe just maybe sneak into the playoff. Okay, interesting. Just before we get off college football, you just made mention there of sort of Alabama's season, and and I think you said it would be the first time in a long time that they go. Three losses. There was a question posed, uh, I think, to Stephen A. and a few of the panel there about Alabama. That you know, is Nick Saban fully to blame for for how Alabama's season has gone? H- how have you seen their season sort of play out? And I mean, is is the coach to to completely blame for what's happened? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he can. Nick Saban has earned. He, he's got enough respect. He, he's got enough goodwill built up. That he can he can afford to have a, a season where they slip a little bit. Now they they had some close calls earlier. The alarm bells were sounding for Alabama earlier in the season, but their two losses are by a combined four points: a three-point loss in Knoxville, Tennessee, against a a team that ultimately became the number one team in the country, the Tennessee Vols. Mm-hmm. And then last week they lost by one in overtime in Baton Rouge on a Saturday night at Death Valley. That's a tough place for anybody to play. Alabama has lost in Baton Rouge before. So and we're talking two losses by a combined four points. I, I don't think it's anything that Nick Saban's doing or the coaching staff is doing. It's just they – they they're they're not perfect okay they're human they slip up a little bit they've got great players up and down the alabama roster the thing is every game alabama plays is the other team's super bowl every team that plays alabama preps hardest for alabama okay because alabama's got that respect they have that history uh, not just under Nick Saban, it's dating back decades, okay? Under Bear Bryant and even before Bear Bryant, Alabama was a great program, a historically great program. Uh, you're, you have that history you're defending as Alabama against every other team's best shot. So, yeah, they've got two losses. Big deal. Next year, 2023, they come back. They'll get another recruiting class, another great recruiting class, and they'll come back and they'll be challenging for a national championship again. Bigger and better, bigger and better things to come for Alabama. Yep. All right, Chris, let's let's take our final break here uh, in this segment, and then uh, on the other side of the break, let's uh, let's just unpack the the St. Louis Blues and uh, and the win that they had uh, in in their uh, NHL game. You're listening to the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. We'll be back right after this.
back here on the overnight crowd on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app, of course, and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here in the studio with you doing it for the final 15 minutes here of the overnight crowd and uh, joining us and staying on the line, as he always does in the final hour of the overnight crowd to get through all things US sports is uh, Chris Perk. And uh, I thought you might like that one. We're not, we're not singing the blues for the St. Louis Blues this week, though, Chris. I, it was a win against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I, I see what you did there, going deep into the archives for little yeah. John. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Nice job. <laughs> nice, nice, well played, sir. Thank you. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we won one. The, hey. final, the, the longest losing streak in franchise history is over. Well done. Woohoo. <laughs> uh, and listen, it's not like they they made it easy. They had they had a one nothing, a two one, and a three two lead. They gave up they gave up game time goals three different times. So so of course the Blues decide to stress everybody out, uh, <laughs> but wind up winning five to three last night. So I'm happy. We've got our fourth win of the year. Uh, I, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Major League Two, uh, but the manager. Sure, the you know the the Indians have been struggling. They they won they won a game yesterday or the day before. Managers in the in the clubhouse before the game. We won yesterday. If we win today, that's two in a row. <laughs> if we win tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. <laughs> it has happened before. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Absolutely oh, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Now we're at the point where now we got to get two in a row. Yep. Let's see if we can get two in a row. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, you said something was happening over in the town of Chicago uh, from an NHL brutal, perspective. Absolutely brutal. Uh, the, that entire losing. So, yeah, it's over. No, actually, Buffalo last night. Okay, uh, Vegas yes, Golden yes. Knights played uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, uh, the the Buffalo crowd was, they were loaded for bear last night because an, an old friend came back to, uh, came back to Buffalo uh, by the name of Jack Eichel. Um, he was the captain of the, Bru- of, of the Sabres. Uh, he was injured, and he, he uh, there were dis- disputes about what to do with his with his neck injury. He wanted to have the surgery done. Buffalo wasn't interested. He winds up forcing his way out of Buffalo, and, and kind of burns some bridges on the way out of town. Well, the Golden Knights played in in Buffalo last night, and the moment his skates hit the ice, the crowd in Buffalo was booing him mercilessly. Uh, he got his ultimate revenge, though, because he got a hat trick in a 7-4 Golden Knights victory. Yes, he did. Uh, he did indeed. It was interesting as well, uh, the Golden Knights obviously getting the, the job done there. We're just picking up that little delay there, Chris, but I'll, 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 I'll uh, nab you back on the line uh, again. Have we got you now? I think that the, I'm just waiting on this delay. It's been a shocker, mate.
Yeah, I think that, that delay's kicking up again there with Chris. But uh, give us a buzz back. We've got a couple of minutes, Chris. Hang up. Give us a call back, and uh, we'll try to get you back on the line. That uh, that delay's just kicking up again. A handful of minutes to go here on the uh, overnight crowd as we get through our, our US uh, sports segment here with Chris. Chris, have we got you back on the line? Is that a bit better? Uh, I, I hope so. Much that, better. Yeah, that yes. delay was wow. Much better. Much better, yeah. Jack Eichel, we were mentioning, uh, faced the wrath of uh, of his old fans. Yeah, yeah, he he didn't make a lot of he didn't make a lot of friends in Buffalo on the way out. But yeah, a hat trick. Yeah, you want to boo me? That's fine. I'll just put three pads to your goalie. Uh, he did get stopped on on a breakaway uh, early in the game, and, and the chants of Jack, you suck, were raining down oh, on no. him when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo fans. They they are a unique breed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love Buffalo fans. They are they are very passionate both with their football and with their hockey. Yeah, super stuff, super stuff. Uh, Chris, we're gonna have to wrap it up there because we're coming up to an ad break, which I cannot unfortunately nope. get out of, my friend. Uh, and I have to play it. It happens. <laughs> it does. I'm sure you, you know you know the world of radio. Have to pay the bills somehow, yes. and that that's the only way you get to pay the bills. Yes, so, exactly gotta right. Got to play the ad. Exactly right. Uh, a pleasure doing it with you again, as usual. Uh, and we will chat. Uh, we will chat very soon. Uh, looking forward to covering off uh, play a big NFL weekend, obviously uh, NBA, which I think we can maybe touch on next time we uh, we come on the airwaves, and then uh, some college football results, which I'm really looking forward to, and some. Uh, some NHL that's, uh, that's going to go down as well. But uh, pleasure doing it yep. with you for another night. Uh, safe drive. Happy travels. All the best with the uh, with the truckload yep. you've got. And uh, we will chat very soon, my friend. Have a- Super stuff. There we go. Chris joining us from over in the USA to chat all things US sports. We'll be back after this break to wrap it all up here on the Overnight Crowd for another night. Yes, it is the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of Sport Crystal Clear through the SEN app, of course, and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here with you in the SEN studios as we wrap it up for another night here on the overnight crowd. It's been a, a pleasure being with you for uh, for another night. Uh, be sure to tune in to the SEN airwaves uh, throughout the day. Uh, the SEN Track Boys will be doing a, a fantastic job covering the big meeting at Cranbourne today. It's Cranbourne Cup Day. The massive meeting uh, in Newcastle, uh, the Hunter Cup, a big 1,300-metre race, big prize money uh, on offer for the winner of that. And the uh, Perth Carnival really starts to heat up. Uh, we had Dan Cripps on, obviously, earlier in the program to chat all things WA Racing, CrippsRacing.com to check out all his handiwork. So that's a wrap here for, for the overnight crowd for another night. Uh, I'm Paul Sebastiani. It's been a pleasure bringing it to you for another night, and it's bye for now. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.